0: I grew up down in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. Uh, I've lived in Nova Scotia my whole life. Um, and I was there till I was 12, pretty much from the age four to 12. And then we moved to Halifax to the suburbs of Halifax to a suburb called Clayton park. And that's sort of where I started playing music. I didn't really play it growing up. My dad played, I was around music a lot as a kid. My father was one of the folks who helped sort of start the Lunenburg folk festival. And so I always, there was always music in the house. I wasn't making it. Uh, I tried my hand at a couple of things unsuccessfully, saxophone and drums. And then when we moved to uh Halifax to Clayton Park, uh, started junior high and I met a couple of guys, Rob, Ben V and Ian McGettigan, who I went on to be in thrush with. And it was basically Rob, I think started playing guitar. And then at that point I was like, dad, teach me guitar. Cause it was suddenly a social thing you could do. It wasn't like about, you know, we were getting into rock and roll records and punk rock albums and, um, and it, but it had a social component which to me was really what drew me into it was just having something to do with my friends
1: so you weren't. So you, so you got into it relatively late then so you're saying you kind of got into it in high school oh
0: well, no no junior high like 13 or 14 I picked up the guitar so um, we had a band by grade 8 called Nabisco Fonzie then we morphed into a band called The Hoods and we played the uh, talent show and the school dance in grade 9 um, and then we became Thrush Hermit I think in about 1990 or 91 uh, and, uh, started gigging locally at the age of 16, pretty much downtown. Uh, our, one of our parents would have to be there if we were playing a bar, we'd have to have like the, our, the signatures for the liquor board and stuff like that. And a, a parent present. And we started playing and met the Sloan guys and, um, sort of got swept up in the early Halifax scene. And we're part of that Uh, And so when we graduated high school, we started touring with them. We had a publishing deal by the time we had graduated with BMG out of New York. There was a lot of attention in Halifax, on Halifax in the day, and we were one of the younger bands. And so we reaped the benefits of that for sure.
1: Yeah, it was uh, the 90s, early 90s was a great time. You know, um, certainly, you know, it was the time when I was coming up um, and I often wonder if, if I'm just biased or or was it a special
0: time in Canadian music? What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm biased as well but I do think what's notable about the nineties is it's sort of the last era of music before the internet took hold and changed the um, conversation and the way music travels and is delivered and all that. Um, so for me, it's sort of the last era that had, I mean sort of one of the last eras of a, of, of, of the old music business paradigm I get, or not paradigm, but style where, you know, I mean, there's still major labels and they're still signing bands and signing some bands for lots of money, but there seemed to be more, there was more money in the business and more people were more willing to take a chance on things that were somewhat uncharted. You know, um, now the internet is sort of has like made access to everything all the time possible, but at the same time watered down. The business in varying ways. But again, like it's sort of how, I guess, how you change with the times. I just think of the 90s as the last era with a little bit of mystery attached to it. Um, but kind of before everything was everywhere all the time. So there's still some records that, I mean, you know, I guess case in point would be like Thrush Hermits, Clayton Park you know, the, the license for it has reverted to us and we just haven't bothered. It's not on Spotify or anything like it's kind of, eventually it will be, you know, but we haven't, there's kind of, there's sort of blind spots of, of, of things that were done in the nineties that have really not been, not become old enough to be sort of, um, rediscovered and, and the access to it w- was still pre-internet, you know? And so unless you put it out there into the internet, it kind of remains, uh, in the sidelines a little bit. Right.
1: And and can you tell me a bit about sort of when you had decided uh, maybe it was time to start doing your own thing, going solo, and, and you put the emergency band together?
0: Well, the Hermit, Rob, uh, in our band, in, in the Hermit, in 99, that was our last year, we broke up at the end of 99, basically right as the millennium was coming. Um, December 99 was our last show. Uh, Rob decided he wanted to move on to other things, I think go back to school and... I mean, it, it, the nature of the band changed over the years. I sort of pushed a little further into the front pan role, I guess. Uh, I think Rob's where, – whereas there was a little bit more of a balance earlier on and it, I started to maybe write more but also sort of take center stage a bit more. Um, and it was just the nature of the way things were going. I think I was kind of vying for that. A little bit uh I'd been writing a lot of material Rob was too but then I also made a solo record in Need of Medical Attention which probably sent the signal to him that I was kind of thinking of doing something solo anyway or what have you so anyway we disbanded that band um I wouldn't have broken it up I don't think it was Rob who was sort of pushed but in some ways it was actually a good thing because I think we had sort of run our course in terms of uh we made our best record last which i was happy about i feel like clayton parks a really strong record um and um so then i i started gigging then at that point i had already been playing a bit as a five-piece version of the emergency behind this record in need of medical attention which was kind of a mellow roots record and then but then when thrush from it broke up we kind of the, then the emergency as a three-piece with dave marsh and timmy brennan kind of began in full, full flight. At the beginning of the Millennium in the 2000 in 2000 we made that record down at the Khyber that year I had a bunch of rock songs that had sort of Start we had started jamming in thrush Hermit and never finished I remember like the riff from down at the Khyber and songs like maybe we should just go home Those were we had demoed those, some of those things um, And so I took those and worked them up with the new band and that's sort of when I put my own name on things at that point
1: do you remember just before you wrote the album three which was a triple disc um, it almost seems like things just kept on building for you right up until that pinnacle. You put on a three discer and then you yep. won uh, you won the Juno,
0: yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I don't I'm not not great at looking back or reviewing things like and now and then I kind of press pause and, um, but I've always kind of worked with the idea of wanting to make new music as opposed to curating old music. I think that's probably why. You know, there's been a couple of collections, like there's a DVD, a live DVD, uh, and there's a collection of some rarities and B-sides. But that stuff is stuff I do really when, like only when I find a little downtime or something. But for the most part, I'm always more preoccupied with making new music. And in the case of three, we've been touring a lot. Those were snippets of songs that turned into songs. And once I kind of had it in my head that that could be, once I saw that record for what it was, like, oh, it's going to be a triple record and there's all these songs in threes and stuff. I kind of just took that kind of obsessive compulsive premise or something, you know, and just tried to run with it, and it sort of took over and became what it was. And the response to it, I was really encouraged by the fact that it did sort of receive a lot of attention. We had the Polaris, nom- I had the Polaris nomination with it, and then the Juno, and that I'm not doing anything sort of for awards but at the same time when you get a critical response like that um, in a nice way uh, it just kind of reaffirmed I guess that it's okay to follow my instincts
1: is there any songs sort of uh that just came really quick or songs you wrestle with and, and, and how was that experience with, for you?
0: Well, I mean, some of the songs that came quicker often like nowhere with you came really fast. Um, you know, I mean the recording of it took effort and the arrangement took some time, but the writing of it was a very quick, that's probably my biggest song. And I wrote it very quickly. Same goes for some workout. Fine. Train of thought kind of very simple. Um, other ones I kind of toil over. I sort of, Worked away at for a while. There's a song called Lazy Bones. It's one of my favorites that was sort of like had the basics of it pretty quickly, but I took a while to finish all the words and to get it to the point where I knew what I wanted it to do. And that's sort of one of my favorite recordings. So it's a song off three. Um, kind of depends. I mean, some songs, yeah, I just sit on them until they're kind of like I keep adding little bits or I feel like I don't have another verse and I wait until maybe I don't have any songs and I need one and I go and I finish that one or sometimes it's just I, I tend to finish things on planes sometimes like or in or in vans if we're rolling down the road and I'm in the back seat and I can just put on my headphones and listen to my voice memos and kind of go okay that one's not done but now I got an idea for it and, uh, but that can sometimes be like a year or two before I get back to those I mean I, I go back to voice memos that are six or eight years old and go maybe it's time to finish that one you know
1: uh, so can you tell us what's going on with you and, and shows coming up? I know you've been touring with your dad and uh, what's happening with you in the next few months?
0: Well, I uh, I got a few shows with dad, uh, two shows in early December out in Alberta, Edmonton and Calgary, a couple of theater dates. And then the emergency is playing on the 21st at the Danforth in Toronto. That's being announced today, um, uh, 21st of December. And then we do a New Year's Eve gig in PEI. So we'll have a couple of rock shows to end the year. I've been in the studio working a little on my own stuff, but that'll I'll probably try and dig into that more in the new year i've been I've been working on some um, music with friends. Our friend of ours Matt named Matthew Grimson, an g- amazing songwriter, passed away in the summertime. And so a few of us have been uh, we 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 did, there was a tribute night to him, and so I learned some songs with Chris Murphy from Sloan and Aaron Costello and Clyde McNutt and the four of us tried to track a few of those songs that we had learned in Matthews just to kind of, uh, so that might come out in some capacity. I was in the studio working on that. Um, uh, as, and just mixing some other stuff that I've been recording. Like this, the studio operates on a commercial kind of, I got a guy who runs the place and so I bring projects here, but he also records other people here. And, um, I've been involved in a few things here uh, on a production level that I've been trying to, trying to kind of finish up so that I can turn my focus to my own record and actually, not be distracted by other people's music, but I gotta, uh, and I love working on other people's other, other folks music too. I'm just kind of like, uh, I, I do have to make something I'm writing. I've got, got, I've got a pile of tunes kicking around in varying stages of completion.
1: We believe you. And, and we're looking, we're looking okay. very forward to hearing your next tracks. Joel Plaskett. Thank you, thank you very much for coming on the show.
0: It's a lot, Dave.